Welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast. And my guest today is the wonderful Rosie McMahon from Ballina Cali in County Clare. And her mission is to help women transform and step into their own power through yoga, mindfulness, life coaching, exercise and fitness for overall wellness. You're an all-rounder, Rosie, aren't you? I sure am. (laughs) You're very welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Rosie, for joining me. And it's lovely to have you here. So in, you know, I always say this to my guests, they have this bio and we have these labels that we need to identify ourselves for. But again, behind all of the labels, behind that um, personal persona that we show others, especially on social media, because we all do that. I think you're a little bit like me, Rosie, though, that you tell the whole story. You tell everything about you becoming this person, you know, how you transformed in your own life, where you at your own personal struggles. And it's to be real. You know, that's one of the things Mm -hmm. that I value most in particularly in people that I'm following on, you know, or I have connected with on social media because we're only getting an idea of who that person is. And of course, we like to show the best side of ourselves, but there is another side to us also. There's the side that we all struggle with and that in finding, I suppose, a way to help ourselves, we've also found a way to help others. And maybe that's how we have come through so much. You transformed your own life, Rosie, from a younger age and you came through a lot of grief and despair, you know, because that's exactly what it was. And it's not the Rosie that's sitting here across from me today. It was a different Rosie. But tell me about the Rosie growing up and what she was like before all of the hard stuff in life hit her. Sure. So coincidentally, I was out to visit my mother today. um, And just as I was leaving, I showed her a picture of me. So she said I was bold. I loved it because before, if I was told I was bold, I would have looked at it as something that was negative and something to be ashamed of, maybe, because I think here in Ireland, we associate with the word bold with something completely different. But I transformed that into positive. I went, wow, ma'am, thank you. Because of my boldness, I'm here today. And I broke through many, many barriers to get here today. And looking back on that picture, four years old, that was a young girl who knew herself, that was, I would call her the sage. And then, of course, life is what it is. And we go through different stages at school, at home. And and somehow we go into ourselves, maybe a little bit, not all of us. But I would say there was one stage where I would have been, yes, a wild, bold, free child. And then there was a stage in my life and freedom playing outdoors. And then there was a stage in my life in my teens where I started to go inward. I had no idea that this happens to everybody, mm. that we go on an inward journey in our teens. But instead of um, embracing it, I think I would have beaten myself up a lot for it and thought that it was just me and I isolated, da, 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 and it just went into a kind of a downward spiral, I call it a rabbit hole. Um, now you can label it depression, anxiety, all of this, but it was the inward journey and I wasn't ready to go in. I didn't like what I saw. There was a lot of shame. There was a lot of um, just did not loving myself for who I was. So that was the period of maybe third year in secondary to when I was um, 18. Social life starts and you get out of yourself. So the inward journey was that period. And then suddenly I was finding this new lease of life. I mm-hmm. got a job, socializing, met friends and having the crack. But yet nobody saw what was happening on the inward, um, which I, I don't think I fully had dealt with. So um, that's life in your teens. And then there was a time I've always wanted freedom and to travel so I did because I'm bold right mm-hmm. and I put on my rucksack and off I went to London and um, off I went to my own I traveled on my own and um, bold as you like and went over to London got myself a job started to live my best life nightclubs working just living the dream and um, the cosmopolitan of London and um, the open-mindedness etc 
So then there was a stage where I, I wanted to move out of London, out of the city life, because I could see intuitively and I would be quite intuitive. Mm. And I had a gut instinct. Wow, this is a rush. I don't want to get caught in this. I need to get out. So I saw an advertising for a job in Cornwall. That's down in Penzance, the end of very close to, to Ireland, if, if you think about it. And um, I saw an advert for picking daffodils in December. I said, how do they pick daffodils in December? I said, okay, let's, let's just apply for this job. And I got the job, headed down to um, Cornwall and felt like, yeah, I'm at home because I am really a country bumpkin at heart. <laughs> so <laughs> said goodbye to the city life and um, went down to Cornwall working on the fields, picking daffodils, and it resonated with my freedom. And perhaps that's what London didn't resonate. There was a certain amount of freedom, but there was also another entrapment in this big concrete jungle. There on the fields, I met um, some of my partner, probably the longest term partner that I had, and we moved back to Ireland. And after a year living in Ireland, got myself a job, I became pregnant. And so, I was like surprised, did it all of that. I was 23 years old, but embraced it because I have that sort of resilience that whatever life throws at me, I go with it. So at 23, please do stop me if you feel like I'm talking too much. Oh, no, it's lovely. It's lovely, Rosie. Continue. So then um, we moved back to Ireland and um, um, yeah, so I, had, I fell pregnant I gave birth to my daughter, Abby, who's now 22 this year, on the 27th of September. So that was wonderful. There was all these little dreams, these ideas of the way life is going to be, more children, little cottage, um, garden, vegetable garden, and all of that. So things changed, and this was the biggest catalyst in my life that changed my life completely. So on the night of the christening, um, we went to bed, um, myself, my partner, my child in the cot. And the following morning, I woke up and he was dead in the bed beside me. Mm. So the shock was kind of surreal and it was outer body experience. Um, just to see lips were blue. There was no movement. Do now in hindsight recollect a sound in the middle of the night. Thought it was a snore. All of that. And it... This was the, the catalyst. This was the, okay, this has happened now and there's no going back. Where prior to that, I may have gotten myself into trouble with different things and came back out of it. Mm. Always coming out smelling of roses. But this one was different. It was no going back. Mm. Um, so I didn't want to be, I didn't plan to be a single mother. That realization didn't come to me because I had to go through the whole grieving process of the, the shock. Of the, of the death and for my not just for me it had a ripple effect on everybody else um, his parents my family so there was a ripple effect like one minute we are having a christening with all our family around us celebrating and next minute we're preparing for a funeral mm. and that's life you mentioned Sharon at the start about the two sides mm. there's two sides to us there's two sides to life so um Anyway, the, it was a year of a process of going through the grief. I hadn't realized until I did my yoga teacher training that I was carrying that trauma in my body. And I've worked to navigate, navigate it through that trauma. Um, so after a year of maybe denial and all the emotions you go through, I realized, whoa, I'm on my own here. And this is my daughter in front of me and I have to be responsible. So I took a step forward to start to educate um, at 23, I went back to college as a mature student and got childcare for, for Abby, my daughter at the time. And that's probably where it started in, in terms of empowering myself as a female single mother. So you might have an idea that a single mother isn't going to go farther on their own. But by educating myself and learning new portals of um stuff like women's studies, political studies, social studies. I was like blown away by, wow, there's, there's so much more than just this labeled single mother. There's, there's, there's much more, more, more than this. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
yeah, so I studied for a couple of years, delved into childcare. I had a child. I thought this would be what I want to do um, since I have a child and, and went on to level six. I didn't stop because I was getting on a roll of really enjoying this, being empowered by education. I went to study two years kindergarten teacher training, which is a really holistic approach to education. Um, and then I was sending my daughter to a Steiner school. I needed to be close to her. So I took on an art course and I was painting and doing all of that. Applied to college in Galway for art over five years. But in the midst of all of that, I met my now partner. So we met and we'd known each other. He'd, he'd known, me, known me through the pregnancy. He'd known me for many years. He spotted me first when I was 16. So he always had his eye on me. Oh. Um, and he'd just come home from Australia. So he completely changed. He, he was more open-minded, etc. So then we decided we'll get married, we'll have children. And then I said no to college in, in Galway. So that's the journey so far. Wow. So then I settled into marriage, into having three more beautiful girls, four girls all together. Um, after the third girl, I noticed it was in November. I noticed that I had um, the postnatal depression. Um, so just like being in, in a bit of a downer um, during the winter. And, and then you're so busy, you don't give yourself the space, I think, to actually honor it. And that every time you have a child, it's like a grieving process. You're given, given away a part of yourself and you know, when you have other children, I don't think there's room for, for you to hold the space for yourself or you're being made aware that you need to hold that space for yourself. But anyway, we went on to have another child. And after the fourth child, um, th this postnatal started to go down that rabbit hole that I remember when I was in my teens. And it was, you know, Michal coming home from work and me bursting into tears. I was putting on lots of weight. I couldn't get outside the door. My value, as I mentioned at the start, was freedom and adventure. I couldn't do that. Tried to put three kids into the car. And of course, I never thought to ask for help, um, which is another thing that I think us as women, maybe it's just patriarchal. Maybe it's, it's an Irish thing that we, we don't ask for the help. We, 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 realize, we need to realize that we, we don't have to be martyrs. The women before us were the martyrs. That's why they were, so they could free us up. Um, so I, I needed help. I knew I needed help. So I went to my district nurse and said to her that I have this postnatal blues, but they're not going away. So she did an assessment with me and offered me um, a couple of medical routes. So I'm quite an alternative person by nature, very much holistic. That's why I went down in the, the Steiner side of education. So I went to my health food store and asked, what are the alternatives to the medical side? And I was given St. John's Worth gladly. And that helped me come and rise up into a little snippet of light. Mm. So then I started walking and um, getting myself out into nature. And also I outsourced the work at home. So I got the cleaner in and I got child's care facilities, which are there. And it's not to feel guilty about or anything like that. So I was able to have that little bit of freedom that manifested into walking, into running. Next thing I knew, I was collabor collaborating with another woman in the, in the community, in the village. And we created an eat and train group where other women and men came to um, the GA pitch twice a night. And we were walking um, couch to 5K, yeah. participating in events. So this was really starting to, to um shed a lot of light that, that empowerment and then I was asked by a group of the girls would I do a boot camp and I was like oh, I'm not trained in that and how could I do that because I used to do these little exercises at the end of the of the meet and train group so um I said well okay I just have to get a little bit trained on this um, and I spotted a course a VTAC level five I think it was sports and recreation and I said I'd do that before I go to UL because UL is um a big step and I wanted to be sure because I'm now moving from childcare yeah. and different side of things into exercise and fitness. So I did the, the five um, level five VTAC course, sports and rec, and I fell in love with muscle, muscle insertion, exercise. Da, da, da. 
That's one thing that helped me during the grieving process as well, was exercise, health, fitness, eating well, minding yourself, meditation, yoga, all of that helped me through the grieving. And there it comes around again and helps me through the postnatal. So I went on after the level five to UL as a mature, mature student um, and studied exercise and health fitness, came out with an honours and started to teach boot camp. Predominantly women are drawn to me um, and that is my niche, but that doesn't say that men cannot come to me either. And I do work with children and teens as well. So then after the um, teaching the boot camp, what I noticed was women 40, 45 plus were coming because they wanted to get fit, but they were ending up with injuries in their hips and their shoulders. Mm. So I went, okay, there needs to be something to, to help this. Um, so I looked at Pilates or yoga. I said it to my husband. He goes, oh yeah, yoga. Definitely. You've always been into yoga. So I took on a yoga course and qualified as a yoga teacher. Um, I was able to offer that. So everything I was doing was being enabling others to get beyond the barriers that would hold them back from getting fit and all of that, that jazz. And I was doing weight loss programs there as well um, with, with the group of girls. Um, so I dived into the yoga world um, for a good few years and really dived deep into many aspects of it. Restorative, breath work, yin yoga, um, meditation, mindfulness. And I started teaching in schools because I'm always drawn to working with children. So I started to teach in schools. Um, and then one thing I noticed from the yoga world was when you practice yoga, you dive into unraveling the patterns in your body. So you go into the traumas as well. You go into the stuff that's stored in the body, the emotions. Um, after the class, I may have my students come up to me and say, you know, I was practicing that and I just started crying. And I just don't know why I started crying. And, da, da, da. and I was like, oh my God, I don't have a language for to be able to facilitate mm. the after yoga so I went on to do life coaching. So the life coaching was another add-on to, again, assist people to dive in deeper and able to move forward in their lives. And yeah, I'm embarking on another course. I'm 45 and I'm heading down the road to do another course on holistic massage. Mm. Because now today we're opening up our own retreat center here in Balnacali. At the moment, it's been built. They're on the second story. And we're beyond, beyond excited to now have our own space and to be able to offer all of these courses. Wow. Rosie. There's wow. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of chat. <laughs> no, that's lovely. You know, you're on a lovely flow there. So I didn't have to ask you anything. It just comes natural to you. Some people don't know. They're not sure what to share or uh -huh. if they should share it. But you've shared kind of basically... The whole lot of your life up to this point yeah and a few things did strike me you know that thing of especially as a young mom you know and having to deal with not only being a young mom but the grief and the sudden grief you know there was no mm -hmm. preparation and even if there was preparation you still have to deal with grief but at 23, you know, you don't have much experience of life. You know, we think we do when we're in our early 20s. We think we know so much, you know, and then we get to 40 and we realize we didn't really know that much. So you are dealing with this sudden tragic loss, you know, of a partner that you loved and this new baby coming into the world, which is hard enough for any mom, you know, a young mom. Mm -hmm. How did you in those initial few weeks even, how did you just get up and survive? I don't know. I think it was my daughter. I think she was the saving grace. Um, I think, yeah, it was definitely, she had to be fed. She mm -hmm. had to be dressed. I had to get up for her. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, She was the gift. So again, your daughter, what, yeah, and she is, and I can see that even in you when you're speaking about her, you know, it must have been extremely hard, but she is a gift and still is that gift, I'm sure, mm -hmm. you know, that got you up out of bed. And I think sometimes like that, we all need a purpose, you know, doesn't matter what age we are. And as we go through life, it's to have a purpose, you know, so even after you met uh, Michal, isn't it, your now yeah. husband, and mm -hmm. you have now four daughters, you know, and you went through the postnatal depression, you they were still your purpose you know your children were an amazing purpose for you 
But somehow what I felt was that you almost had to have a purpose for yourself. It was like you did not want to just fade into the shadows and just Mm -hmm. be Rosie the mom or Rosie the wife or Rosie the widow. You wanted to be this independent person yourself. Were you always like that as a child when your mom says you were bold and you take it as a compliment (laughs) now? You mentioned the word freedom when you were very young. Mm -hmm. So what I feel from you, even in your story, is there was always a part of Rosie that was never going to be held back. There was always part of Rosie that wanted to be stronger and show people she was much stronger than they thought she was. And there was kind of a defiance in that, which is a good thing at times as well, isn't it? And then the other part for you, which was extremely hard, was that part that pulled you inward and pulled you down for a short space of time. And that's where I think we find the balance, you know, and I'm always talking to people about that. When you look back at that part of Rosie and, you know, she was lost and she was going inward and didn't like what she saw and there was shame and all of these other things. How do you see that part of Rosie now? What do you feel for her? Empathy and love. Yeah. Absolutely. And compassion. And if I could, if I could go back to her now, I would tell her it's okay. Yeah. 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 That's lovely. And I work with many students. I've got the shivers because that's just gone right up through your energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked with many people and we always work on, you know, those parts of the shadow side that we don't like. And we still have it. We can do as much work as we want, but we all have parts of us that we don't particularly want others to see, you know, and we feel ashamed for it or you were trying to hide it for some reason. But that's what makes us real. It is those parts of it that make us a human being and teach us to be empathic and teach us to be more compassionate because we've probably experienced it or feel it ourselves, you know, or have felt it at some stage of our lives. And you mentioned as well, Rosie, the barriers. Life puts lots of barriers, you know, on our paths for a reason. And I truly believe that. And, you know, one of the things I would talk about is as a beautiful soul, we come here to experience those challenges. And I put up a post today about soulmates, you know, and soulmates are not just these people that love us and we're so complete with them. You know, it's this old fashioned romantic idea. Soulmates are the people that teach us the hardest lessons about ourselves. And they can come from family. They can come from teachers, partners, friends, children in particular, Mm -hmm. And even a stranger on the street that could say something to us and it completely turns us upside down. And it doesn't have to be a person that is kind and loving to us. It can be a person that is cruel and harsh with us. So if you had to name the top soulmate that stands out in your life, and it doesn't have to be your husband, you know, and you're not going to offend him. But who would your top soulmate have been up to this point that has taught you the most about yourself? Mm, there's so many really um in terms of everyone you meet on your path has yeah. something to show you for sure and um, I guess my partner and I, I feel you're 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 drawn to to a partner for a reason um to show you to show you the the, the sides of you that you might be not wanting the rest of the world to see mm. um but I think um everyone you meet on your path you're meeting them for a reason and whether mm. it's the group of women I might go swimming with or, or even the students that come to my yoga class, mm. each and every one of them have something to show me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to drop that guard as well. Like I mentioned, you mentioned earlier about um, having a defiance. So dropping it and allowing yourself to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to be open enough to appreciate they're showing you the path um, to your higher self, your true self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, when we talk about barriers or blocks in our way, they're for a reason to say, okay, you know, you can go on this way. Uh, that's fine. But there is something greater for you. And it may mean turning left or turning right. Um, but pausing, I think, is the biggest thing that I've learned in my life is mm-hmm. to learn to pause before you react to something or before you judge something and take a moment to take the pause and ask yourself, you know, is this going to serve me? And um, what is this showing me? And how you can dive in. And one thing I learned, I had that resistance of going inward. Now I know that going inward is the best gift you can ever give to yourself. And to actually pull out everything that you 
felt ashamed about. They are actually your gifts. We mentioned the bold. That's mm. my gift. That's what I was born with. And I may have felt ashamed of it for a very long time, but now I recognize that that's the gift. And I think there was a quote that I put up yesterday as well about the most terrifying thing in our life is accepting ourselves just the way we are. Yeah. Um, and so I think, going back to that question of soulmates, I think everyone we meet is is mm. um, soulmate. Our, our children, um, you, you mentioned how they trigger us. If they're triggering us and there's an aspect of us that's not fully healed yet, mm. or there's an aspect we're not dealing with. So all of those, again, are, 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 are gifts they're shown us. But instead of reacting to the trigger, take a moment to step back and pause, mm. which is easier said in hindsight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Every mother is going, yes, if I had, if I could do the pause, you <laughs> know, before I, yeah, I roared. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My patience muscle, where is that? Yeah. I don't have that. <laughs> and I think that's probably just, you know, a learning as well and not, and but to learn from that, you know, and a, a I remember years ago when I started my first group, you know, and it was in my house and I, oh, I just always think about this and a smile and it warms my heart. And I remember there was a lovely mother there, Carmel, if she's listening, she'll know who, who it is. And her son came with her and he was in his early twenties and he was coming to the meditation as well, which was beautiful to see a son and a mom come to the same group, you know, and want to yeah, be in the same sure. room. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking about the meditation and we were going around afterwards and, you know, I was into Carmel, you're such a beautiful person. And I said to her son, I said, you're so blessed to have such a wonderful mom. But she put her head down and she said, I wasn't always this wonderful, she said. But he went over and hugged her in front of all of us and said he loved her. And so we were all in bits crying our eyes out yeah, because special. she was holding on to the hurt within herself of not being the perfect mom, not having it all together, you know, shouting when they were younger, but he wasn't holding on to it. No, no, no. And in that moment, it was just such love and compassion Mm -hmm. and forgiveness for herself that we all learned something really valuable, you know, give our children credit, you know, that they do love us. They might not be able to express it and to show it that we're not perfect, but we're showing them that, you know, you don't have to be perfect. We're all struggling. None of us have got the guidebook to being the perfect mom or ever will do. I think that's that's so true. I think one of the things I see with a lot of my own clients is that guilt around the mothering, the parenting and the right way, the wrong way. I fell into it myself as a as a mother and, um, you know, fell into, oh, this is the way it has to be done because every other mother is doing that. And I soon found out that that's not true. Yeah. And then the perfection also, I found out that there's no such a thing. We're imperfectly mm-hmm. um, perfect human beings. There's, there's not, and we strive for that. And one thing I also learned about the grieving process and the process is allowing yourself to get messy and being okay that you don't have to be on top of things all the time. There's no such a thing. You can, you know, you can have a plan of your day. You can, but be flexible to say that, you know, 1% or a certain percent of that may not go the way you had it. Mm expect it and not to give yourself a hard time and this is the thing when we talk back on the times in my teens I was giving myself such a hard time because I was resisting going in and um, the internal dialogue was extremely negative Mm. I mean it was definitely a form of bullying myself then and I'm working on that every day that hasn't gone away Mm -hmm. that hasn't gone away I wake up in the morning and that that voice is there Tell me about that, Rosie, because that's really interesting, because that's a part that nobody really talks about. And again, I speak to my groups about this constantly, you know, and and as I say, they perceive somebody like me or you or somebody that's out there, you know, coaching other people that we wake up very positive and everything. (laughs) And I said, every day is a choice for me. Every single day Mm -hmm. when I wake up, I have to. You talked about a pause and I say that to them. I take a pause for a moment. I'm very aware of what that thought might mean. It might be like, oh, my God, I have to do all of this today or I'm yeah. supposed to do this and I didn't get it done or oh, I should have got yeah. up earlier. And then I stop and I take a breath and I just say, I'm alive. You're alive, you know, yeah. because as I as many people know, there was a part of part of my life 26 years ago when I did not want to exist and tried to take my life. So here I am now. And I always say, you're alive. You can get if you got through that, you'll get through anything. So I stop and I pause 
and I put my feet on the ground. And it's a, it's a, for me, it is the greatest mindfulness tool that we all have is that breath yeah. and just grounding in the moment and saying, what is the most important thing right now? And everyone had come out and say, well, to do this, this and this. And I'll say, no, the most important thing is you. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't start your day, you know, grounded and supporting yourself, it's very hard to do it for anybody else. Absolutely. And you also get hijacked very yes. easily. <laughs> yes, we all do. But we I want do. to come back, Rosie, to you because, you know, and I love your honesty. So when you say you're still fighting that, you know, inner critic, you know, that yeah. we all have. So when you get up in the morning and or any time or even throughout the day, what is that inner critic saying to Rosie? Okay, so I'm not fighting. I've accepted it. Mm. So I surrender to it. I did fight it before, but fighting is a no. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. So in our brain, we have two sides of the brain. We have the survival brain and then we have the sage brain. Mm-hmm. So when we meditate, we go into that side of our sage brain, which doesn't have to flight or fright or try to survive. Mm-hmm. And it slows down and everything's in harmony. After yoga, after a while swim, after breathing techniques, after doing something that brings you great joy, you can go into that side of your brain, which is so much harmonious. Mm. And then what does the other side look? It's a self-sabotaging brain. There's a critic in there, there's a judge, and there's about nine accomplices. Mm-hmm. There's a pleaser, a hyper um, vigilant hyper achiever there's a lot of them in there and they have been going at it since the age of seven mm. so they have been a very strong muscle that I have developed from that age up until now and now I recognize when I was from seven under I had the sage brain mm. so I'm working on creating that sage brain with self-command mm. so allowing myself 12 minutes before anything starts to do a breathing technique, anchoring, body scan for that 12 minutes to bring myself into that brain. Throughout the day, then I need to check in. So I need to check in Mm. and maybe do a two-minute body scan or a two-minute breathing technique to make sure that I'm in that harmony. Now, that's not to say you can't get hijacked. It's Mm. so easy to get hijacked. The most important thing you do is not beat yourself up when that happens. Mm. Recognize it. But also don't allow this judge or critic to bring you back down that road. It's very sneaky. It's very clever. It's been working with you for a long time. Mm. So what you do is empathize straight away, self-love and say, Mm. oh, hey, how's it going, judge? I was waiting for you to pop your head up. With all of this internal conversation, you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. What the hell are you at? Da-da-da. All of that. So catching it and facing it eye to eye and maybe you can call that the shadow as well maybe you can call that there's many different names for it but we all as humans it doesn't matter how well you were brought up it doesn't matter whatever all of us have developed Mm. that and from studying childcare as well I know this that we develop this side of our brain when we're seven years old yeah and it comes in and we strengthen it so much because it's a survival brain and in the environment we have to strengthen it so much but then you come to a stage in your life where you realize there's another side or you can do the work and this is the type of work I do with my clients too because a lot of the time they come to me for wanting to lose weight but generally it's more than that okay of course much more is, yeah that. we know that yeah. it's deeper deeper layer yeah. so then we recognize that you go on the journey to lose the weight and at two weeks into it in comes the self-sabotage procrastinating blaming all of that jazz and that is your inner critic and judge so the mental fitness around that is to get a handle on that and start self-commanding anchoring yourself back to the present moment that's where the power is how can you do that what will facilitate you to get back into that power and will you get hijacked yes of course you will but do not beat yourself up just go into your space where you can come back to the moment again and do the work it never stops but the plus side of it is you can have the judge at a scale of 100. It's like the bicep muscle. You can reduce it and make your sage a bit more that side of your brain. You can call it many different names. It's sage, I, I, I call it. And develop that. And the stronger that gets then, the quicker you come back from a hijack, mm. the quicker you come back from, um, you know, okay, life will always throw us curveballs. It will always throw us stuff that's messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we do have that choice. And we can build that side of our brain 
and strengthen it up to be able to manage ourselves and self-command ourselves back into the moment and recognize this is just part of the journey. There's always ups, there's going to always be downs. Mm, Very good and so true. And I think that's, you know, many people are aware of that inner critic, you know, and they may not even realize, I think, that they're listening to it at times, Rosie. It's just become part of their day. And I'll say to people, well, you may not recognize it, but think about the story you're telling other people about yourself. So that's a good yeah. indication of what you believe about yourself. So if you are all the time saying to your friends or family, oh, I'm just so fat or I can't do anything or look at the station, sure I can't fit into anything. Sure, I'm always going to be like this or I've always yeah. had weight issues. And they're, you know, they're constantly reinforcing the mm. negative about themselves and it yeah. acts as a kind of a defense but it's not a defense they just don't want anyone to tell them they're fat or they don't want anyone else to tell them they're not doing That's anything it. about it so yeah. they put it out there first before you can say it and hurt them because they're already hurting inside and that's what it is it's hurt deep yeah. down it's some form of trauma mm. and it can be the trauma can be as simple as if you fell in the yard and your, yeah. your knee is bleeding and nobody came to you at the age yeah. of whatever and you store that in your body as a trauma and it becomes a pain and then you cover it up with something mm. but until we go back and deal with that and it's not about going back dealing with it it's yeah. just acknowledging mm. that we all have traumas in our body and not using substances to block it down but instead empowering yourself to eat well sleep well drink your water and, and empower yourself to be that better version of yourself and remove the things that are stopping you from being that better version of yourself whatever it, it might be, whether it's mm. food, um, you know, there's so many different forms of addiction that if we were to, um, you know, go down and, 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 and heal that pain in whatever form you use to, to heal it, whether it's Reiki, whether it's acupuncture, whether it's whatever form. And, and um, when you start to, to heal, then, then you can start, you know, going on your path of, of that journey of wellness yeah yes and I think it is and it's probably the and I always say that to anybody that ever comes into my therapy room you know and they say I'm not sure really why I'm here and I yeah. say well it's the first step and that first step is the most important step because you're choosing you yeah. and I know that you will say this as well about your clients they may have had issues with weight all of their lives since they were children mm-hmm. and there was that fear of you know failure never thinking that they could succeed and do anything about it but when they take that first step and they contact you, Rosie, to me, that's where they're the heroes because they take that first step, even if it's just to say, I don't know if this is going to work or if I can do it. But I yeah. say to them, take that step, you know, take that one step and say, well, let me try. Because in the trying, you're pushing yourself forward. You're being your own cheerleader. You're being Absolutely. your best friend and saying, you know, I believe you can do this. I'm scared shitless, but here we go. Let's go and see what happens. Exactly. And you become their friend, their confidant. You become their cheerleader, you know, their encourager and their supporter. And that's a lot for you to carry. All right. So I always say this to people as well. So for you looking after all of these beautiful people that you do look after in so many ways, how do you step away from it all? Okay, so this morning I went for a bike ride, a swim yeah. and a walk in the woods. And that's me filling up my cup. The most important thing is um, before I'm working with my clients that my cup is full and it's spilling mm-hmm. over. And that's really important. Now, in saying that in hindsight, there are times where I go past it, but I need to call myself back and say, you know, you need to take care of you. You're no good to, I'm no good to my clients if I don't fill up my own cup first. Yes. The same as getting on an airplane, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first or you're no good to anybody. Mm. So what I do is reflect back on the times where maybe I would have showed up for a class, but I didn't fully take care of myself first and how I perform. And then I look at a time where I did fully take care of myself and I showed up for a class. The performance is so different. Mm-hmm. So I remind myself, okay, Rosie, if you're going to show up for, for people in front of you who are looking for you to, to nurture, to soothe and all of that, then you've got to make sure that your, 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 your cup is full. Mm-hmm. So I check in on that and make sure that that's, that's full. Um, but one of, one of the, the, the big things that come up quite a lot is that judge, is that critic and judge that stops people from taking that step as well. 
they're ju- and that is such a brave thing to do, exactly what you said, Sharon. But it's that voice, that inner voice that says, what are you doing this before? You know, you tried this before and you failed. So it makes you, it's so sneaky, just comes up behind you and gives you that conversation and you believe it and off you go. Mm. So what I do with my clients is help them to get beyond that critic and judge, um, which is, is their own. Yeah. You know, so it's much more than just, you know, I always say that it's much more about um, building the person up from the inside, you know, because mm-hmm. we can look good on the outside, but that doesn't mean that we're necessarily no. good on the inside. Mm-hmm. But it's basically, I think, you know, what your work does, Rosie, you know, just looking at it, you know, and listening to you when you've been talking is that you really are building the confidence and strength up in your clients, which is so beautiful because we have to start from the inside out, no matter what journey we're on. And many top athletes will say that mentally, mentally they have to be well before they can be physically well and they can perform, you know, at their best. And we've seen it now over years where people can visualize themselves and see their best selves. But for many people, and again, I want to remind my listeners, I could never see my best self because I had never been my best self. So I didn't know what that best self looked like. So it was something I had to create. So for many people, if you say to them, well, visualize yourself at your happiest and you looked the best and they'll go, I never felt that. I never saw Mm. myself Mm. like that. So how do they create that image of themselves? And for me, it's more about maybe not what the looking is like, but what they would like to feel like how they would like to wake up on a daily basis. And then maybe when they look in the mirror to see what's looking back at them, you know, and it becomes less about the physical and more about the feeling, but the physical starts to show signs of that feeling good inside. Does that make sense, Rosie? Absolutely. You touched on one thing there about mental fitness. Mm. So there's, you know, the four dimensions of wellness. You've got your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, and your physical. Yeah. Um, so the mental, like, and even something you, you mentioned previously is whatever we say to our bodies, our bodies will believe that. Mm. So even if you jokingly say something to yourself and you think it's just a bit of crack, your body will believe that. So in terms of, of the question about the, 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 the mental, the visualization. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing a program, so if I'm doing a 12 week program with a client, mm. we'll do, um, we'll look at, um, the wheel of life where they want to make improvements and what are where do they need to make improvements is it financial is it relationships they're all interconnected yes anyway and then we'll do we we'll look at so life coaching is always positively moving forward nothing's going back so then we look at what their life would look like in a year's time and how they would like it to look in a year's time and then we may do a vision board to manifest what they want to come into their own life and then work on the mental fitness and that's incorporating little things each day that bring them back into again, the sage brain. Yeah. So that's their power in there. That's their superpowers. How could you visualize you in your happiest? Well, most certainly when you were a younger self, in when you were three or four, go back and look at that picture. Look into the eyes of that child. That is the sage. That is you in your essence. And whatever happened along the way, dimmed your light mm. so to go back and find that light again mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe in my story it might be a different case but yes if I had to think about um looking into my eyes it was later on because I had a very traumatic childhood so the child was never there was never that sage person. I think it was before I was born, maybe. <laughs> but now, you know, and as you were saying that, I was thinking about that little girl and going, she was amazing to get me to this part of my life, you know, and to get me through it. But I think back now of one of the hardest times of my life, it was looking at myself in the mirror, was looking into my eyes. It, it, my mm-hmm. physical body had disappeared as far as I was concerned because I was disappearing. But when I looked into my eyes, I had to reach that soul connection that's what it was for me and I had to find that light within me so every time I try to imagine or visualize and I say this to people you know if you can't imagine what you look like go inwards and find the light and keep the minute you find that light you keep connecting to it and letting it shine keep letting it shine into your body it doesn't have to shine out just yet but let it shine 
because that is the real you, that light that we dim, as you talked about, because yeah. we may not be. And I know for many people, they may, they may have had childhoods like me or, you know, even adult lives, you know, that were horrendous and still are. But if they can connect with there's something, nobody can touch is that inner light. Agreed. 100%. Nobody can touch it. And I think your inner light, Rosie, was shining extremely bright. And then even when you lost your partner, you know, at a young age, you had to shine that light for yourself and your daughter, mm -hmm. you know, and that kept you going. And then you shone it out and you met Hall, and now you have your four beautiful daughters, you know, and here you are bringing this light into everybody else, Rosie. And you can see it even through your social media. You can see your light, you know, and what you share with other people and you can see their Thank response. You. Yeah, it's amazing. So I only know that you're going to go from strength to strength because you're helping other people go from strength to strength. Mm -hmm. You really are empowering them because you've learned to empower yourself through all of your own challenges, which is just amazing. Thank you so much, Sharon. That means you're, a lot. You're very welcome. So we want to let everybody know that's listening that you do wonderful day retreats. You know, I'm always admiring you. I go off into the wilds a bit like that sometimes, you know, and I love hiking and going places that nobody wants to go and just getting lost and finding myself. I always say that and I'm so blessed that my husband now wants to come with me, you know, or that I used to go with groups quite a lot. And I still do because I love meeting new people, but I just love yeah. the wildness and the freedom. I just love it. So you do wonderful day retreats and you incorporate hiking and yoga and swimming and, mm -hmm. you know, beautiful parts of Ireland. So people can check that out. You also do the Lean Queen program. So that's a 30 day program. Am I right, Rosie? That's it. It's a 30 day challenge. So I educate women how to lose a stone in 30 days and teach them about how their body changes in the different stages and how to make adaptations to that to create their own furnace to burn their fat and empower them um, to, 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 to step into their own um, if that's what they want to do to lose. But it's, I suppose it's more than that. It's, it's, and I wouldn't even call it a diet. That, that yeah. word diet just, 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 just doesn't resonate with me. It's a lifestyle change about intuitively eating, about listening to your body, looking at your plate, looking for the color of the rainbow on your plate, mm. noticing how you feel after eating certain foods, Checking out, is your tummy swelling after a certain food? That's an indication it's not serving your body. Drinking your water, getting enough sleep. We do three workouts a week. They're 20 minutes. They're designed for busy working mm. females, mums. Um, I say 35 plus, but it's I have 30-year-olds coming to me. Um, that's just in the demographics of what I see in the Instagram mm -hmm. is my niche. Um, so the challenge is to learn to lose the stone. Uh, you get unlimited yoga meditation journaling so it's a very holistic approach mm. as well looking after the four dimensions of well-being not just the physical mm. um, and just really educating women around food and around the changes in our body from the, the growth hormone leaving at 30 and and the hormones leaving at perimenopause and how you know we need to make changes in our lives as we go through those changes which are yeah. positive mm. and the weight training 20 minutes weight training strengthening your bone and, and sculpting your body into shape um, and burning more fat while you're resting. Mm. So to feel the confidence in themselves, um, if that's what they want and that's what they come to me for. And then we often dive deeper in life coaching and find out there's a self-sabotaging going on there as well. And generally the conversations there are not good enough. So mm. we dive deep into that and we change that around so they empower themselves and reframe the language they're using um, and then you can see the transformation and they go away then with that lifestyle change. Often they come back and subscribe for the workouts so they can keep up their workout. Mm. And that's the Lean Queen Challenge. Brilliant. It sounds fantastic and something I might actually look into myself <clears throat> now that I'm <clears throat> in the over 35 bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well welcome, over welcome. it. Well welcome. over it, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> and you also do a one-to-one -one exclusive program, you know, which you kind mm -hmm. of... Um, you know, mentioned earlier as well. So I think this is lovely because some people don't like going into groups. They don't yeah. like having to work with a group because they're afraid to put their hand up and say, this isn't working or I'm not sure about this or, you know, so they exactly. prefer the one-on-one. -on -one. So um, the one-to-one -one is more or less the same or you talked about the wheel of life, which is again, an overall look at their life, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. 
And I think if anybody is starting out on any kind of wellness, you know, journey and they've never done anything before, or they've tried and failed, the one to one with you might be a good start. I think, Rosie. Yeah, it's it includes um, pretty much what's in the Lean Queen. But the difference with this one is you get this course that has six modules in it. And I take you through six modules from the start to the finish on a journey of transformation, diving deep into what are your goals, what is your yearly plan, um, boundaries, creating boundaries, what's holding you back. Um, and it goes through a process of six steps over the 12 weeks. And then we meet every two weeks for a one-to-one -one coaching session. So we were able to dive in a little bit deeper. So for the two weeks, you're not with me, you're doing your work. And then we see where you are on the, the, the second occasion that we come together and you're doing your food program as well and your exercise mm. and health, fitness and your yoga. But I suppose the difference is that it's exclusively having me and full access to yeah. me and accountability. And like you said, not some people can get lost in groups mm. um, and, you know, in the group you're, you're on your own in you, you're, I'm coaching you, but not the same as in the, in the mm. exclusive where you're getting full access to me yeah. so we go on that journey uh, you receive your your six module program you have it for life this is the beauty and I'm always adding on to it as well and so all this new information that I may learn um, I'll add that on to the course so you're constantly educating yourself around mm. personal development about wellness and making those positive changes to live your best life, as the, the saying yeah. goes, or be the best version possibly of yourself. Yeah. And just re remove the behaviours that are holding you back and mm -hmm. have a look at them and recognise, okay, maybe these are what you needed when you were at a certain stage in your life. You don't need them anymore. You can create new, healthier behaviours yes. and habits and making those changes and those lifestyle changes. Very good. That's wonderful. And you also have a Rise and Thrive Wellness Warriors private group on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. I have a lot of things going on, right? Yeah. So with, with, with that, um, I was a little bit quiet for the last few weeks because um, I love the summertime. No more than yourself, Sharon. Mm. I love being out camping in nature <gasps> and freedom. Yes. So I allow myself that time of freedom. I'm back on the Facebook group and I go live every Thursday and I touch on different topics. Last week it was the self-sabotage and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and each week it's a different topic. So um, we get to, to, to have that conversation on just sharing nuggets of wisdom from my own wisdom around, um, you know, women and um, weight yeah. loss and, and, and uh, mental fitness and, and all of that. Um, can so yeah, anyone join it's anyone can join it's free now it's it's capped at 35 plus but look at if you're 30 i'm not going to boot you out <laughs> welcome to come in I'm not going to go. and it's it's women because that's what i work with you know yeah. it's not being sexist or anything yeah. like that i just that's where my, my, my knowledge is um yeah, yeah. very good brilliant so you're also as you had mentioned earlier as well um you're working on your new retreat, which is going to be an amazing place. Absolutely. Oh, wow. It's just, I yeah. can't wait to, you know, see it come into completion. When do you hope to have it finished, Rosie? And it's really interesting, Sharon. You mentioned, you know, when barriers come up in front of mm. you. I've always been wanting to have my own space. And each time I was going one direction, I've stopped. Mm. And this was a dream to have this retreat center. And a couple of years ago, I went down the road of... Um, manning it on my own my husband wasn't backing me or there wasn't anybody else backing mm. me but this was the dream and the vision and I was very much foreheaded on it so then taking a step back and now he's come on board and more support has come on board so I don't feel like I'm the only one around the table yeah. and now it's starting to manifest the moment they're out there putting the second floor on wow. and so what does it look like we are situated in a little village on the Shannon Estuary Way which is elevated so we look out onto the Shannon Estuary Way and all the Fergus Islands. Mm -hmm. We can see the Galtee Mountains and we can see East Clare and, and County Kerry. The studio space is downstairs and upstairs, two-story. Downstairs will be the massage area and whatever other treatments that I'm going to offer. Upstairs is open floor, underground, heated. 
both floors have big massive windows in the front mm. of them the, the one upstairs slides open onto a balcony and you can step out um so that's that space indoors for the day retreats presently future down the road we'll do residential but for now it's day retreat but we do have residential areas mm. that you can stay if you are coming from a distance outdoors there's a space because as you know and probably can see from my yeah. facebook i'm a very much an outdoor girl so this had to be part of it outdoors there'll be a sauna there'll be ice baths there will be seaweed baths and there'll be a hot tub mm. and that will be part of the experience in the day retreats to um nurture in that area as well the cold the hot mm. the outdoor there'll be a fire pit and um, water feature all the elements of nature um yeah so very wow, exciting times it sounds amazing yes Absolutely. i can't wait to visit so everyone can find you on instagram at your underscore wellness underscore warrior your yes. wellness warrior mm -hmm. and your retreat page is shannon estuary way retreat that's it lovely yeah. And your link tree is link tree um, slash Rosie McMahon. Yeah, that's very it. good. Um, and they yeah, can. I do. Contact I do you. have. A, I do have another page called Rise and Swim Claire, but I haven't been very active in it because I've been very busy here with other stuff. Great. <laughs> it's hard to have three pages running. It is absolutely, and that was one of <clears throat> the things that um, I actually did. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what year it is. Last year with COVID, I cut back completely and asked, what did I need in my life and what did I not? And I had a page on Facebook with nearly 10,000 followers wow. and I closed it and everyone went, oh, but you had 10,000 followers. And I said, but did I really? <laughs> yeah. Were they really connected to me or did they just like the page now and again? So, you know, that's what I said. People look at things and they see numbers of followers. And I had this discussion with someone recently and they had something like 60,000 followers. And that person said to me, I know nobody on mm -hmm. that page. I connect yeah. with nobody on that page. They don't know anything about me, only what I tell them. And if I had another page with five followers, we'd be the best friends. Well, there you go. Keep your circle small. Yes. Isn't that it? Yes. And I think that's the most important thing is to, um, yeah, you know, when you when we talk about family, like they have to be the number ones if, they, yes. if that's your number one and making sure like I've also incorporated strategies in my own business. I would have spent a lot of the time on my phone managing my business on my mm -hmm. phone until I hired a business mentor and she helped navigate me through no you don't do your business on on your phone and you don't and, and today was an example when we had our zoom yeah. phone we didn't go through on the phone yeah here we are on the laptop so now i mm. i work on the laptop and schedule my posts as well so i don't have to spend I like funny i meet people who don't know me and they say wow you look so busy you're very busy and um, it may look like that yeah. on instagram but there's a strategy behind that mm -hmm. on sunday evening i may batch all my content and up it goes so that I do not have to be spending that much time. Yeah. It may be 15 minutes in the morning, the evening, and, and yeah. every now and again, throwing something in my story. And, and that's one thing that really shows up a lot when you're busy working, whether you're a mom or not, is the work-life balance. Yeah. And being able to break away from the work is so important. Mm. I remember um, somebody saying the balance is work, rest, play, eight hours of each. But yet, when my clients come to me, they're doing 16 hours. Mm. And, and just about hanging in there to go to bed yeah. and when you work as a mother as well you know how that never stops sometimes <laughs> so you've got to carve that time out to mm -hmm. have the fun and whether that's hiking a mountain or jumping into a water or cycling a bike or whatever it is that gives you that spark of joy yeah it's really really important mm. so true rosie it's been an absolute pleasure and i know that Thank my you. listeners will get a lot from you as well and that, you know, I encourage them to go and check out your page because it is wonderful. And you have loads of insights and tips to help people there as well. Sure. And they don't all have to be in County Clare or near you. You do work online with people as well, which I is do. great. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure even if people wanted to take a day retreat with you, that it would be well worth, you know, however they have to drive and getting down to you. And especially when you have your retreat center up and running so I can only wish you continued success in everything that you do, Rosie, and all Thank the you. people that you help. You are an amazing lady and um, you just have to be congratulated. 
Thanks. Well, the amazing in you sees the amazing in me. Thank you, Sharon. And that's it. You're Thank very you so welcome. Much. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. So check out Rosie McMahon, everybody, on Instagram or Linktree backslash Rosie McMahon. Check out her retreat center that is going to be open, please God, in the very near future, Shannon Estree Way Retreat. Um, Instagram, your underscore wellness underscore warrior. And thank you again to all of you for listening. And if this um, resonates with you or you know it can help somebody that you love or care about, please do share it with them. Appreciate all your support and thank you again.